Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Minnesotanship Live. Today, here we go. We have one more message. <laughs> it's always one at a time. Isn't that good? It's always one at a time. It's kind of like the race of life. It's always one step after the other. It's sometimes we, we, we want to uh, um, be air transport from this spot to right over there. But uh, what I found out in my walk with the Lord, it's always one step after the other. It's precept upon precept, here little, there little. It's one layer of understanding upon another. It's really revelation-based. And the revelation uh, the growth of revelation, the unveiling of revelation is really depending, dependent on your abiding in the word of the Lord. It is really dependent on your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And without really a, a purposed, uh, determination at times, especially to go forward, we'll be found stuck, just stuck in the mud, <laughs> in the mud of the world when we're called to soar as an eagle in the heavenly places in Christ. And so I do have a title. We'll continue the thing that we have been on the last little while, and it's to continue in the faith, to continue to believe. And the last message was to continue to follow him, continue to follow the good shepherd, continue to follow the one who has called you to walk forward. And we looked, we started with, with some of the writings of Paul to Timothy and, and especially in Colossians and, and Ephesians. We'll, we'll kind of revisit some and add some more verses. But the title for today might seem a little bit different, but it's really a continuation of what we've been speaking on. And it is purpose is forward. Purpose is not sidetracked. Purpose is not backward. Purpose is forward. So when we're walking in purpose, when we're walking in God's divine purpose for our life, it is always back. It is never backward. It is always forward. And what I have noticed that this backward momentum of a natural carnal life so wants to apprehend us and to seize us in our tracks. So what does that look like? Memories failures, discouragement. Well, it never worked before. Why would it work now? Well, I have a track history of 20, 30, 40, 50 years of, of really uh, no change. Why would it change now? And so these preconceived ideas that, that the world is so good to bombard us and to inject and to really situate itself in us with failure, compromise, um, just uh, complacency, pure, sheer complacency to just take our gaze off of the truth for just a moment. And just a moment can be so costly. Just a moment can be a, 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 a lifespan of 10 minutes. Just a moment, what I thought was for just a moment, I take my eyes off the Savior for just a moment, I find myself five years down the road over there. But for the grace of God, here we stand. For the grace of God, he, I, I heard the man of God talk about the Lord, that he is a creator of destinies. He is a creator of destinies that never in God will we ever feel like we lost track or time. God is such a good, good father. He knows how to place his right smack back in his perfect will that we, it feels like we didn't lose anything. It look, it 
like we're right where we're supposed to be, though maybe from this moment to what where we our last served God was maybe 10 years. I'm back on track, I'm back on track. And just being back on track at that moment, time is redeemed, hope is reinstated, and we are onward, we are onward, we are onward. And this is really the contending of our faith to be found onward. The contending of our faith to continue in Christ as we as we have encountered him, as we have come to know him, to continue this forward propelling motion. It takes a work of the Holy Ghost to keep our gaze steady on the one who's called us. To keep the gaze steady. To keep the ears tuned on the one who loves me. To keep my 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 attention uh, on the one who has called me by name. To keep my affection on the one who has first loved me. And this is what a run looks like. This is what continuous in Christ looks like. This is what victory looks like. Overcoming. It is overcoming one moment of affliction unto another. One moment of resistance unto another. One moment of opposition. Trumping it over unto another. And here we go. Chomp, chomp, chomp. We eat all of opposition. We bring every thought down that's opposing this divine nature that's opposing this divine reality of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Purpose is forward. Purpose is an onward march. Purpose is a good fight of faith. Purpose, purpose is a love call. Purpose is a love call to run after the one who's apprehended you. To behold the one was behold you before the foundations of the world. But he foreknew me, and here I encounter the one who's always known me. And here I encounter the one that his voice is so familiar to me. Let's go to John 8, uh, sorry, Romans 8, 28. We'll look at John as well, but Romans 8, 28. What comes to my mind at this moment? Romans 8, 28. What a, what a familiar, what a most popular verse that we have. Most probably every Christian on their fridge. <laughs> Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. All things work together. All things work together. All things do indeed work together for our good. And we know. And we know, and now how do we know? This is obviously a continuation of what he just spoke just prior to these verses, and that is regarding the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is helping us in all of our weaknesses. That the Holy Spirit is interceding with groanings, things we cannot even utter. That the Holy Spirit is really leading us, leading us according to the will of God. And because of the fellowship that we now have with the Holy Spirit, we know one thing we know, that all things, all things work together for good to those who love God. For good to those, what is it? For good, not for bad. Not for tearing down, not for destroying, but for good, for edification. For good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I used to oftentimes, 
I used to very often and most time uh, focus on code according to its purpose because I check the box really quickly to those who love God. Because here in this verse, we recognize that, you know, once we have fellowship with the Holy Ghost, then we, 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 we can be assured that things are going to work well for us on the basis of two premises. The one is to love God and the other is to be called according to his purpose. So I used to always focus on called according to his purpose, meaning that I was attaining to that moment because in my, in my mind, I, I, I'm like, I love God. I know I love God. I love God. I love God. So that's not an issue. That's a non-issue. It is a non-issue when we put it in the light of the word of God and how he paired it up to me. It's really quite profound. Let's go to John 14. So here we go. Buckle down. Here we go. Purpose is forward. And we talked about purpose being a love call, right? 15. Now again, see the context of this verse. It is again, this is Jesus right before Gethsemane, right before his prayers. This is Jesus communicating to his disciples. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. But right before he talks about the Holy Spirit, right before verse 15, he says in 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, that's important, he who believes in me, all things work together to the one that loves God. He who believes in me, the work, so you cannot love God without believing, of course, you, you can't love someone you don't know. So he who believes me, the works that I do, he will do also. This is the context. Greater works than these he will do. What? What say you, Jesus? Greater works than what you have done? Because he says, I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In the very next verse, the very next verse, right when you feel nice and cushy and comfortable and cozy, whatever I ask God, in the name of Jesus, God will do it for me. And right after 15 is, if you love me, if you love me, and that word is from agape, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Keep my commands. And I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper. And it's referring to the spirit of truth, referring to the Holy Spirit, because it's expedient that he leaves and gives us this mighty helper, the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to verse 15. If you love me, Keep my commandments. Now, God paired that with me to, uh, to me with Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for those who love God. For those who love God, he says, if you love me, keep my word. For those who love God, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. For all that keep his commandments, all things work good. Ha <laughs> ha. For those that are found abiding in the word of God, all things work good. For those that are found in the vine, much fruit will be produced through them. 
Because what does he say in John 15, just right after that? Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Romans 8.28, what do you say? All things work together for good to those who love God, accord according to his purpose. What is his purpose? To be found abiding in the vine. To be found abiding in the word. The love towards God is expressed by being a doer of the word of God. And so suddenly, suddenly I had to realign myself. I had to realign myself. So if I, I should not be so casual on this part of those who love God, because when I say I love God, at that moment I'm proclaiming I'm a doer of the word of God. I'm a doer of life. The word of God is what life. Jesus says the words I speak, they are spirit and they're life. That I'm a partaker of the Holy Ghost. That I'm partaker of this divine nature of Christ. That is an expression of the love of God. That I'm a partaker of his love so that I can, with his love, love him back because he first loved me. And I want to look up, break down this John 14, 15, in the Strong's, if you love me. The word love is the Strong's Greek 25. Agapate. It's from the word agape. The very next strong Greek is 26, which is actually agape itself. But this word, Strong's Greek 25, is used right here in John 14 and in Romans 8, 28, the very same word. The very same word that Paul told the Romans that if you love God and accord according to his purpose, things will work out for you just fine, just spectacular, just divinely appointed. That word love is the one that Jesus uses here to his disciples. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. This is not a, a chastisement or a, a tough message. This is a message of sobriety. To check you walk. To check out on yourself. Like Paul told Timothy, check on yourself. Guard that which was entrusted. Don't let it go. Because we read last week in Colossians especially how mere foolishness can make you trip up and that many have walked away from the faith because of foolishness. And foolishness in that context was godless chatter, idle babblings, empty deceit, foolish philosophies, doctrines of demons. So now we know the importance of loving God in the context of how Jesus defines to love God. To be a doer of the word of God. Because when we are a doer of the word of God, we are, we are saved. And that word keeps escaping me. Foolproof, safe proof. We have a guarantee. We have a guarantee that we'll not deviate from the truth by engaging in godless babblings, by following after empty deceit and doctrines of demons. Why? Because I love God. Because I'm a doer of his word. Because I'm a doer of his word. 
So next time you, you think about Romans 8.28, meditate that you are a doer of the word. And because you are a doer of the word, your life is turning around in a glorious manner. When, how, I don't know, but I can guarantee you that the word is truth. And if Paul tells the by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the Romans, that all things are going to work together for your good because you love God, because you are a doer of God. You're a doer of the word of God. And because you're called according to his purpose, rest assured, rest assured, it's happening for you. It's happening. You're doing it. You're making it. You're overcoming it. Why? Because you love God. Because you love His Word. Because you're His disciple indeed. Because you're continuing in the Word. So that word, if we go back to the Strong's Greek 25, uh, the, that's close to agape, that you love, where Jesus says that if you, if, if you love me. He's not saying because you love me. He says if you love me. Which means, Means it's 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 based on your decision. It is based on your will, complying to his desire for you to be to love him. Conjunction if if you love him, that word love. Let's look at it. To take pleasure in, to long for, to esteem. So if we love him, if we esteem him. Take pleasure in him. Properly, if we look at the word study of this word, it is to prefer, to love. And so we prefer Jesus above all, right? To esteem. He says, if you prefer me above all. No, would you like a cup of tea or coffee? Same preference. I don't know what if you like it. No. If you prefer him above all. Let him be your only. Let him be the sole desire of your life. For the believer, this context is preferring to live through Christ. Isn't that amazing? That in the context of the believer, this word love is to prefer to live through Christ. So what's your preference today? I prefer to live through Christ. Just in this word, to love Jesus. It's like, Jesus, I prefer you. Jesus, I love you. I'm a doer of your word. I'm allowing the word to live life through me. I'm allowing you to live your life through me. This is a total laying down of one's life. Next time you quote Romans 8, 28, reckon and recognize yourself dead in the flesh and alive to him alone, that you are a doer of the word of God. And then everything is going to line up just hunky-dory, just perfect. Because we have esteemed him about, because we're preferring to live life through Christ i.e. embracing God's will, choosing his choices, and obeying them through his power, and obeying his choices through his power. You see, he has given you the ability to heed and to do his voice. It is the Holy Spirit. That's why the context of both of these verses of loving God is in the context of the Holy Spirit. 
spirit. Because the love of God is shared in your heart. By the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to be a doer. You have the ability to prefer him above all. You do have the ability to allow him to live life through you. With the believer, this word, uh, Greek 25, agapao, to love, means actively doing what the Lord prefers with him by his power and direction. You see, it's according to his purpose. It is according to his purpose, and his purpose is always upward and forward. His purpose is always from glory to glory. His purpose is never navel-gazing. Oh, woe is me, I'm too bad, I'm messed up. Navel-gazing. I'm never going to make it, I'm never going to make it. If it was up to me, I'll never make it. If it was up to me, it's not up to me. It's up to me to yield to this desire. It's up to me to yield to his love. It is up to me to make the choice to engage with the power of the Holy Ghost. But really, really, it's not up to my carnal man to make it. I yield to the one who's already made it. I yield to the one who has already gone before me and made the way for me to walk, to walk out this perfect salvation, to walk out this perfect, perfect victory. This word, to, to love, this, this, uh, this Greek uh, 25 in the Greek concordance of Strong's, is always defined by God. A discriminating affection which involves a choice and selection. See, it's an engagement of your will. It's not an engagement of my emotions. And I think I use, I know, I don't think I know. Whenever I read Romans 8, 28, and I, the part of those who love God, it was always an emotional expression. I love God. I love God. I love God. But when we go a little bit deeper, it, what does it say? Discriminating affection which involves choice and selection. Which means I'm very discriminative, discriminative towards everything else that wants my attention. I'm single focused on the one who has loved me first. And because of that, I make a choice and a selection. And that choice and selection is to be a doer of the word of God. And that is what God calls loving God. <laughs> it's a total death to yourself. It is a total aliveness to him alone. And that is therein lays the purpose of this life that we have in Christ. It is to pick up a new life. It is to put on Christ alone. It is to run a race that only Jesus could have run and has already run. In he Let's go to Hebrews. I got a lot of verses. I have my fingers in a few, so we might go back to the ones we looked at, but that's okay. Hebrews 12, this race of faith that Paul had to run 
Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, of those who've gone before us, of those who've reckoned themselves dead in a natural man, of those who laid down their lives to pursue the one and only true God. Because we are before this great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every distraction. Let us be discriminatory towards those things that want to veer us, those empty words, those, those philosophies of... Uh, what did, another thing that um, I think was in New King James, the simple thoughts of the world, philosophies of men, simple ways of the world. That really, they have an appearance of knowledge, but the word of God says there's no knowledge there. No knowledge there. So let us lay all those aside. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And what? And what? Let us run with endurance. Let us run with endurance. I read this to myself. I speak this to myself. I meditate this within myself. Run with endurance. Don't give in. Don't cave up. Don't, 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 don't veer off. Keep going. Keep going, Destiny. Keep going. You're before God. You're before a great cloud of witnesses. You have to be determined in this focus. Run. You have to have a focus. You have to have made a selection and a choice that lines up with his selection and choice for your life. Let us run with endurance. The race, it is a race. It is a race. It is a race. It is a race. It's timed. It's timed. But it's said before us, it's said before us, it's laid out, it's right there, it's right there for the running. It's a clearly marked path ahead. It is the very word of God. Run in the word. Looking unto Jesus. Looking, how do you look unto Jesus? By looking unto his word. He is the living word. When you look to the word, you're looking unto Jesus. This is how you run. That is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Isn't that amazing? This is, we just... This is chapter 12. Chapter 11 is all about the heroes of faith. It starts with what faith is. Faith is a race. Faith is a race. And we're to run it. And yet the writer of Hebrews says, who is the author and the finisher of this race of mine? Jesus. This is goes back to it's not based on human effort. But it's based on my willingness to yield to the one that loves me. It is based on my desire to be one with him because truly in the spirit I am one with him. It is based on a surrender of a thought process of me, myself, and I. Of self-preservation. Of self-ambition. Of self-promotion but laying down my life so his life be seen in me.
because he alone runs this race through me. As I endure and I persevere through every challenging moment, as I endure and persevere through every slanderous moment, as I endure and persevere through every worldly loveless moment, I am running this race. You know how? Because I'm allowing him. I'm allowing him to run through me. I'm putting on this divine nature. I'm, 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 I'm engaging his mind. I'm thinking his thoughts. No longer I, Desi. It's no longer I, Desi, who lives life. It is Christ in me. It's no longer you, Desi. It's no longer you. It is Christ in you who lives this life because he is the author and the finish of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now that is purpose. Now, that is a predetermined determination that he finished strong to the very end. And because he finished, I too will finish. If we go to 1 Corinthians, let's look at Paul talking about his race. 9, 24, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know? Do you not know? Which means some might not know. He's wanting us to know. He's wanting us to know that those who run in the race, see, we are running in the race. That those who run in the race all run, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. What? Exert all effort to be found at that crossing line. Put all desire and, 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 and all the training you've had to endure to the very end. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is what? Here's a qualifier. Temperate in all things. Temperate. That is self-control. I want to look that up in the um, New Living. Is temperate in all things things. It's verse 25. Do you, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. <laughs> I love God. He loves winning. And he has put this winner's mindset in us. Run to win. Don't run to barely make it. Run with guts, just, just with all of you in it, with passion to win, to win. It's not so much someone would lose. That's not, he says to win. It's not about you taking the care of someone else or competing against it is you having a mindset. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. It says run to win. Oh, run to win today. Today, run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Discipline. I love discipline. God has helped me to love discipline. They do it to win a prize that would fade away, but we do it for an eternal price. Eternity is at stake. Eternal price. 
So I run, Paul says. I run with purpose. Purpose. Purpose is the key to keep you walking forward. Purpose is the key to keep you running forward. You have to have a purpose. And for me, the purpose, the, the, the biggest umbrella to all purposes of all purpose is to be found in Him. And so from that higher identity to be found in Him, then I recognize I know how I'm, fa- I'm found in the Word. That's how I start translating purpose in my life. Not so much whether I'm called to be a homemaker or a career woman. I don't even bother with those choices. I go to the higher purpose to be found in Him, to give Him glory. And from there, then that moment, it, it somehow translates, and I'm sure it's the Holy Ghost, to I just got to be found in the Word. That's my purpose. Very easy to me. I don't struggle with purpose. Yes, there are certain times when you when you do have an, um, an unction of the Holy Ghost that there is a shift, there is a transition in your life and, and it's to do with a, a purpose that is just a call specific to me, Desi Schneider. And at that moment, there is prayer and there's a heightened awareness of the Word talking to me and, and, and there's always fastings in those times. But overall, overall, the highest purpose is be found in Him. And to me, that looks like the Word of God. And to me at that moment, what am I doing? I'm allowing the Holy Ghost to navigate me ever so easily. Because when I'm found in the Word, peace abounds in me. And when I'm in peace, that is the empire of my heart. And the Holy Ghost has no trouble with my flesh there. Very easy to to move me. Very easy to move because I've stilled myself because of the function of the Word of God in me. I've seen many Christians struggle where purpose is concerned. I've seen many people struggle and I, I've always come down to what, what happens is at that moment when we become um, purpose-minded in a carnal way. We sit on a little chair over there, over here somewhere, and we're like, okay, God, what's my purpose, my purpose, my purpose? And you start spinning wheels. Start, and, and the last thing at that moment is to put yourself in the Word. The last thought at that moment is, i got to read the Word. No, no, no. My, my purpose, whether I go work here or over there, it's not found in the Bible. Well, really? Really? Maybe you're not called to work here or there. Maybe you're called to... The mission field, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, like for me, it's always been, I, I recognize that the call of God is supernatural. The purpose of God is supernatural. And it will take the Holy Ghost to uncap it. It will take the Holy Ghost to reveal it to me. And the way the Holy Ghost communicates, it's always disclosing the words of Jesus. And so I always take it back to the word. For me, it's very simple, very simple. Holy Spirit, word of God. Holy Spirit, word of God. That is how one continues forward. That is how one moves in a forward motion with the purpose of God. And before you know it, you're found right smack in that which you were made to be. Right smack into that which you were, you were predestined to walk out. How, how did it happen? Many times, ah, uh, I, I can, I can see certain trends, but really? At what point? At what point did I just lock in position? I believe I always was locked in the Word of God. And from that Word location, 
he can locate me in my life and disclose his ways to me. And that's why discipline is important. That's why this verse is one of my more, 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 most read verses here. Therefore, verse 26, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. I don't struggle in my head to decide. I have already, what did we read about loving God? The translation of the word of God was a discriminating affection which involves choice and selection. Well, there's no uncertainty in that. God, God doesn't shift his mind. He's, he's not, he, there's no shadow of turning with him. He's steadfast, forever immovable. He, he has already made up his mind. There's no uncertainty there. So why should I struggle with uncertainty? I don't. And when I catch myself in moments of confusion, oh, I drop everything. I drop everything. I drop everything. May come back to this verse. What Paul says. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight. You see? It's the fight of faith and the race of faith. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Oh, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. What, what a reality he lived in. He kept himself accountable to the purpose of God. He said, I run with a purpose. I run to win. I don't just walk and smell the daisies with great uncertainty. No. Just like Jesus set the gaze on the Father. Set the gaze on that, on the joy that was set before him. Set the gaze on that finish crossing line. Set the gaze. I will win this one again and again. And I'm coming out of this one too. You set your gaze and you don't waver. No matter how you feel. And there are times where all of you is buckling and shaking under the pressure. It doesn't matter. It means absolutely nothing. My persuasion is of faith. My persuasion is not of a natural uncertainty. My persuasion is of a spiritual reality. And I'm in a spiritual reality. And though there might be certain a nervous moment on the outer man. My inner man is fully persuaded I will come out of this. Fully persuaded that if God be for me, nothing can be against me. Let's read that verse 26 in the New Living. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Oh! This is my talk now. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not pretending. I'm not fooling around with foolishness. Foolishness that, that has swayed and made many depart from the faith. I run thus, he said. I run with a purpose in every step. Verse 27. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I tell it what it does. <laughs> oh. I tell I tell myself what I do. I have to make a decision that I live life before God 
And because I live life before God, I will give an account. The word says every idle word that's been spoken out of our mouth will be judged on. Every idle word. I'll give an account. What always gets me as well is when, when the word states that I'll be justified by my words and I'll be condemned by my words. So then, so then I have to decide what I will say. Then I decide what I will do. Then I run thus. Not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I've preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I'll finish this verse here and do one more, and then I think we'll be done. So he says in the New Living, So I run with purpose in every step, every step, not every three steps. <laughs> How purposeful was Paul? In every step, every step was a step of purpose. All the missionary trips he did, purpose. Purpose moved him forward. Purpose moved him forward. I disciplined my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Well, let's see how he finished. Let's see how did, did Paul finish, Second Timothy, did Paul finish this race? How did he finish this race? Did he, did he cave in? Did he self-disqualify? No, no. At the very last moment of his life, in his writing to his faithful, faithful spiritual son, Timothy. Oh, Second Timothy 4. That chapter 4 is powerful. Because in the beginning of chapter 4, he is commanding. He is telling his son to live life with a purpose. And that life of purpose to Timothy was this. To preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. And when he's exhorting Timothy to preach, he charges uh, chapter 4, 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead. This is, this is reality. We live life before God who will judge the living and the dead. At his appearing and in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrines. I think we're pretty much at this moment now. That they will not endure sound doctrine. That they will not endure the truth of the word of God. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to what fables. Can you imagine? To depart the truth of the word for a fable, for a hearsay, for godless talk. How does Second Timothy New Living read? Verse 4. They will reject truth and chase after myths. They would reject truth and chase after myths. 
but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Endure afflictions. Endure. Run the race with perseverance. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Forward with purpose looks just like that. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill the call of God. Fulfill it. In verse 6, this is the end of Paul's life. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I can't even imagine what it was like for Timothy to read this letter. All the more that Timothy received that exhortation from Paul to preach the word. I have fought the good fight. <laughs> I have finished the race. You see, it's a fight. It's a race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What a moving moment. What a moving moment. Even for Paul to pen this, to know he has, what is it? Fought the good fight of faith. Finished the race of faith. Endured to the very end. And had kept the faith. Now that's a life lived for God. That is a life that is testified to the glory of God. He said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. This is what our life is supposed. What is your purpose to be poured out as a drink offering? But first, you've got to learn to drink from him. Drink of his word. Drink of his spirit and allow him to pour you out in this walk of faith. And so we don't give up. We don't cave in. We do not depart from the truth to follow after myths and fables. We run with perseverance and we on to that forward purpose in Christ. Amen. Amen. We're done.